2: And third hour up and running on the Clay and Buck Show. My thanks to everybody working behind the scenes to make this run as smoothly as possible. As also to Devin Nunez, uh, you know, he's a, he was a guy that was right in the middle of this. And it's not just with regard to the Russian collusion scandal, not just the FBI. Um, you had intelligence agencies in on this. When Obama was briefed about it all, I think it was Brennan or Clapper or both were in on that. One of them was. Um we have so pol- and and you know the the Hunter Biden laptop comes out in fifty one, national intelligence officials say it's Russian disinformation. So the corruption of our institutions doesn't stop it at the DOJ's FBI, it goes into Intel as well. There are even some people saying, you know, we may want to think about going back to the pre CIA day. concentrating that much power in an intelligence agency and then giving them FISA powers in a secret court. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act powers to go with a lower probable cause burden and get wiretaps on Americans without anybody knowing it is a recipe for, well, (laughs) what we saw. It's, it's so bizarre you wouldn't believe it if you made it a movie. You had, you know, GP, uh, Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele talking with Russian contacts. And then you had Perkins Coy financing this and the Hillary and DNC. And then they leak Russian dossier information to the media. Then they use those media leaks to get a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. And then they have a media narrative buttressed by social media for two years, three years, four years, saying Trump's a Russian asset. All of it. And CNN and MSNBC and NBC and Fox are not. Well, Fox was the only one telling the truth or trying to get the truth out. That's why they're hated. That's why talk radio is hated. But the Democrat media complex deliberately lied about this. Deliberately lied about it. It was the true attempt at overthrowing an election, done with a coup inside the bowels of the bureaucracy. And now we know how complicit the state actors and social media were on this. We're still waiting for a Durham victory on it. We're not going to get it in the District of Columbia courts. That's for certain. That's the that's the frustrating thing, really. When, when do the people that engineered the real coup get their comeuppance? Lisa Page and, uh, or I should say, Page and Struck and the rest of the gang there. Uh, it, it, it's so bizarre and such a, a, an assault on fundamental liberties that it's almost hard to 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 fathom. And the reason more people don't fathom it is because they're not being told the truth. And that's why the Twitter files are so important to get to the truth. And now the latest dump, I think it came yesterday or the day before, was on all the COVID misinformation. Now, some of us knew this. When I was running for the U.S. Senate in 2020, we defied the lockdowns. And then I ended up suing the governor over the lockdowns because they were patently unconstitutional in so many ways. You had the Democrat media complex exploiting a public health challenge to lock down their opponents Make people muzzle up, give them the jab, and use it to rewrite election law. Oh, and by the way, along the way, we destroyed an entire generation of children. A couple of Stanford researchers, I believe, I think it was uh, one Stanford University economist, said that the learning loss coming from the COVID school lockdowns could shave $70,000 off, according to this Wall Street Journal article. Uh, $70,000 off, wow, the lifetime earnings of a child that is so far behind, thanks to the teachers' unions, who wanted to keep the lockdowns going. And naturally, since they financed the Democrat Party, the lockdowns were kept going. So get this. We were infecting seniors from New York to Minnesota by putting COVID-positive patients in nursing homes or congregated living centers, and we were locking down the young and the healthy when they should have been at school literally everything we prescribed in this public health challenge, and that's what it was. It was never going to be the end of the world. Now the tragedy of people who were susceptible to this, but that doesn't include the young. Every prescription coming from the authorities and social media turned out to be wrong. The origin of COVID. Well, we now know it came out of a lab just as some of us suspected it was not Zootonic It was not coming from bats. It was the Chinese either deliberately or accidentally releasing this virus. And what are they doing messing with this stuff? What is this gain-of-function stuff? Oh, we were lied about that too. And then it was, at first, you don't need to wear a mask because masks aren't effective. Then it was, everybody muzzle up and shut up. And if you don't, we'll have a Karen in the grocery store lecture you until you do. Then it was the vaccines were not only perfect, but they were going to stop the virus. Then it was lockdowns work when, in fact, abroad, we had a, a number of examples where lot, it was countries that did not engage in the lockdown had no difference in the rates of transmission. This virus is going to run its course regardless. I mean, you can go right down the list. They exploited a public health challenge for political gain, period. And if they were really concerned about it, really concerned about the virus, and it was as deadly for everyone, not just the elderly or people with diabetes or respiratory problems, but for everyone, then why? It would have been an act of war. It would have been bio-warfare. But yet, oh, no, we can't blame China. No, it was accidental. Got to keep working with them. The WHO keep working with them. And the models, every single epidemiological model was off exponentially. It was a joke. It was a joke how bad they were. And they're still clinging to it. And this is the power of gaslighting and the censorship that's going on in social media. There were a number of people who keep saying, well, who did say, they're not talking about it now because everybody that's gotten the vaccine seems to get it, get COVID again. Well, listen to this montage of of media and government officials on the vaccine. These vaccines work well against this virus.
5: Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick.
0: Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus (laughs) cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this
2: these are the people that told you about Russian collusion. These are the people that told you there was nothing to Hunter Biden's laptop. These are the people that told you voting early before John Fetterman ever takes the debate stage is a good idea. And voting by mail, there can't be any ballot harvesting there. You've only got eight weeks instead of one day to go around and collect ballots and submit them. Uh, yeah. So imagine my surprise. When I opened the Wall Street Journal the other day, and guess who's got the op-ed last Friday? Zeke Emmanuel. You know who he is? He was on the Biden transition healthcare COVID task force member, leading the charge for lockdowns, leading the charge for for masks, leading the charge for vaccines, you name it. And now he's saying China's letter rip COVID reopening is a danger to the world. Well, let's do the Trump travel ban again. Well, we can't go that far, can we? These are the people that, that have been not only wrong, but deliberately wrong on everything, whether it's Fauci, Osterholm, or Emmanuel, and yet they're getting op-eds in the Wall Street Journal? What the hell? No wonder people are confused. Uh, I, I, You know, in my book, Party Animal, I write in one passage with regard to covid and what we did to the elderly and young people and what we did to the the american psyche a nation that is perpetually anxious what we did the opioid crisis to the economy to young kids who were socially isolated can you think of anything worse than socially isolating a young child with twitter with facebook with social media with tiktok we treated kids worse than we do criminals who reserve solitary confinement for only the worst. And that's what these people did to children. That's what they still want to do. Now they want to give them the jab as young as two years old. When do these folks who have been wrong on every single piece of advice, every single prognostication, every single aspect about public health, we ought to ban, you want to censor? We need to ban the term public health expert because they've been wrong on everything. When do they get their comeuppance? As I say in my book, God may forgive them, but I won't. What we did to young kids with COVID is unconscionable, and they will be paying for it for generations. The anxiety, and worse, the lack of education. It was just, it was it was a form of child abuse, and they're still at it. Uh, This is the challenge. This is the challenge for the opposition party. This is the challenge in getting to the bottom of this. If they will exploit public health for political gain, they will do anything. 1-800-282-2882. That is the contact line for Clay and Buck. I am the talk show host formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis. In for the dynamic duo today and tomorrow. Your calls when we return, so don't go away.
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You know, as I told Clay the other day, when I fill in, it's just like a Vikings game in the fourth quarter. (laughs) You have no idea how it's going to finish. Well, we're going to finish big with calls at 1-800-282-2882. The guys will be back next week. I am the talk show host, formerly known as Congressman Jason Lewis, and dare I say, author of the new book, Party Animal, The Truth About President Trump, Power Politics, and... The partisan press. Lots of partisan press stories in the book. Uh, you know, <laughs> too many to... I mean, the book would be the size of the Bible if I wrote all of the uh, the media misgivings. But we got the best ones in there. 1-800-282-2882. Here is Bobby in San Antonio. Thanks for waiting.
7: Hey, Congressman Lewis. Lewis, how are you?
2: I'm very good, sir. How are you?
7: Good. Uh, I just want to debunk for once and for all the, the climate change... I had a meteorologist, and and you could probably do this in any major town in the United States, do some research, but I had a meteorologist and myself do a bunch of research on climate change. Now, this was told to me about 10 years ago, and back then it was 125 years. So right now I'm going back 135 years. Mm -hmm. Um, The population of San Antonio itself was less than 10% of what it is now. The housing market was probably less than 10 percent it is now there was no concrete uh roads there was no concrete buildings there was no high rises there was no asphalt roads and all of that put together from 135 years ago to today our average temperature yearly has risen by one degree and that's a fact
2: The 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 problem you've got here, and you're alluding to this, is the reliance on computer models, is it not? If you take a look at our temperature records, which only go back into the 19th century, and you take a look at satellite temperature data compared with NOAA's computer models, you find this wide divergence between the cataclysmic global warming and what the actual data say. And whenever you challenge that, Um, the the scientists, the science is settled. Um, these are the people that said the science was settled on the coming ice age in the 1970s. They say you're a denier and that suffices for an argument. You're just a denier. And this was the precursor to election deniers, to vaccine deniers, to COVID deniers. They substitute. You're just a denier for, for debate. And you're quite right about this. Why is it the satellite temperature data differs from the NOAA model data? What to Could it be that there, you mentioned concrete and asphalt? Could it be they're placing their temperature sensors too close to the heat urban island effect? Well, in ClimateGate, that's what some people alleged in that story was spiked. Uh, they didn't want to go there. Why is it that greenhouse gas has come up precipitously or upwards, I should say, um, since World War II. But initially, temperatures plunged to the point where we thought we were entering a new mini ice age in the 1960s and 70s. Then they've warmed until the last decade, and there's been basically no change since then. They don't know all there is to know. And it's a little bit like listening to public health, ber- health experts on COVID say the science is settled. Is it not?
7: No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I've, had, I've had COVID three times I've had COVID three times and I got the shot and I got the second shot I did not get any of the boosters the last time I, I got COVID it was like a mild cold but I tested 100% positive for, for COVID
2: Oh, and this is, and this is one of their logical fallacies too. So first the vaccine was going to stop COVID dead. Then when it didn't, it's, well, it would have been worse had you not had the vaccine. Of what you don't know, you can't prove a negative. That is a logical fallacy 101. And yet that's what they're relying on because so many people getting the vaccine and getting the boosters are getting COVID. They lied about this. They didn't know what the hell they were talking about. They still don't. Public health expert is the only phrase that ought to be banned in the lexicon these days because they're a joke. And everybody knows it, but nobody can say it or they get banned.
7: You remember exactly what Joe Biden's words were, the unvaccinated are the problem. He gets vaccinated and gets two boosters, and he still catches it twice.
2: He catches it every other week. Yeah, no, no, you got it, my friend. 1-800-282-2882. Thanks for checking in. Let's move on. Ransom in Columbus, Ohio. You're next on the Clay and Buck Show.
8: Hey, Jason, uh, appreciate your comments and you having the insight of how the uh, the swamp works. Uh, I got a couple of things I want to run past you and get your opinion on it. And maybe you can help some of us average, ordinary people who pay our taxes and really want the government to stay off our back. Right. Uh, basically, I, I've been in the airline industry most of my life, and recently I took jobs in Denver for two prominent airlines, which I won't mention. But Ransom, I, I'm, I'm
2: a bad, this is called bad clock management by the old amateur former congressman here. Can you hold tight, and then I'll come right back to you when we come out of the break.
8: Sounds great. Thank
2: you. All right, buddy. Why don't you do that, and when we come back, we'll get back to Ransom and all this chaos we've got in the skies and all the rest. Stick around. You're on plane by. Man, oh, man, I got to say, Crash and Greg are on top of these bumpers. I like these. I like that pop sound of the 70s, 80s. It's pretty good stuff. You know, tomorrow, guys, ought to be a good night or a good day for a beetle bumper Friday. Ah, ah, oh, who come up with that? That's a pretty good one. 1-800-282-2882, the contact line now. As promised, back to Ransom. So kind to hang through that break with us. But I know you got something important to say, so fire away, my friend.
8: Yeah, Jason. Basically, what I wanted to do is get your opinion on a couple of things and kind of educate us about some things. For one thing, I uh, took a job last year, a couple last couple of two years, and went out to Denver um, and worked in the airlines for a lot of a lot of years. Uh, mandatory take the jab to be able yep. to get those jobs. Now we're finding out that there are side effects for that, so they're saying that they should be immune from Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson for. Jabbing us, but yet infecting dangerous toxins into our system. So I think uh, there should be some accountability for those uh, those uh, companies and also those manufacturers of those viruses. So I want your opinion on that. And the last thing is that what can we do to, to drain the swamp? I did call uh, Mitch McConnell's office the other day, uh, asking their aides to ask him to please resign. He does not know what's going on with the American people. He doesn't represent us. He's having secret meetings with uh, Democrats and won't even talk to his Republican people that are supposed to be in the Senate. We're supposed to do this equally. He knows nothing about American history. He knows nothing about serving the people of the United States. Schumer, uh, we could go down the list. How do we drain the swamp of? We did get rid of Pelosi, but how do we get rid of people like the ones
2: mm-hmm. like? Yeah. A couple of questions there, Ransom. Thank you. One on the public health policy and the ramifications of those who misled us dangerously in some cases. And two, the swamp, which as I write about in my book, party animal is ubiquitous. It's not just, uh, wayward Republicans. It's also, you know, sabotaging things that need to get done from being done. And it is the bureaucracy, which by the way, you know, when I was campaigning for the Senate uh, here in Minnesota with the president, we talked about civil service reform. You have these people that are untouchable, 2 million employees, and, and they feel as though after a while they can do whatever they want, and you get this fourth estate that's no longer the media but the bureaucracy, and you've got to address that with civil service reform um, to get some of this stuff done. But let's take the public health challenge first. In, in some cases, uh, employers would be between a rock and a hard spot because if they didn't follow CDC guidelines as errant as they ended up turning out to be, Why, then they could have been sued. And if they do follow them, now we see these ramifications from the young and healthy who, quite frankly, don't need the shot. I'm not saying that the elderly with conditions shouldn't have taken the vaccine. I'm saying a one-size-fits-all approach was the most beneficial to the bottom line of some of these big pharma companies, not to the American people. And that is an outrage, Uh, We did not focus on therapeutics when Donald Trump, I thought one of his best speeches came out from having had COVID and said, do not be afraid of this. Americans don't cower muzzled up in fear and put their children in solitary confinement. Do not be afraid. We now find out that Jim Baker, the former FBI guy who was there during the Russian collusion was at Twitter saying, we should censor that. We should censor that. So, we we know the situation was out of control. What we need to do is make certain that there is an avenue to challenge this, and part of that is going to be Kevin McCarthy and the House leadership in researching the origins of COVID, in investigating what the public health authorities did and at whose behest, and holding people accountable that way. And by God, we may even get some criminal referrals. Who knows? But what we ought to fundamentally know is that corporate America is woke, and one of the things that's going to take time is going to make it's going to to, to to be the Republicans quit carrying water for corporate America. You know, let me tell you what Republican consultants advise all Republican candidates: stay away from the social issues. Sure, we're we're having we're having transvestites um, twerk kids in parades. Oh, which years ago would have been considered child abuse. But you know what? Don't take on the trans community. The human rights campaign will come down hard on you. Don't go there. Oh, the Dobbs decision on abortion, don't go there. Don't take it on. Just ignore that issue. Ignore ignore all of the social issues. Immigration, ignore that. Grooming our kids, sexualizing our kids, ignore that. Abortion, ignore that. Well, they ignored it in the 2020 midterms. How would that turn out? The consultancy class in the GOP, basically, their view is, if a corporate tax cut won't fix it, don't talk about it. It's the it's the comfortable conservatism that they think alienates no one, but in fact, it alienates their base. And so you've got to get candidates willing to take this stuff on. It really is the reckoning in that regard. And if that means you lose an election or two before you persuade the people, like the Democrats have done, then you're, at least you're doing it for a cause, for something good. But if all you're worried about is what Frank Luntz's poll tells you, and you know that poll's going to be skewed, then you're never going to accomplish anything. And that's a huge, huge part of the problem, why you're really in this game. What's your goal? Um, as far as McConnell is concerned, I, I look, I, I happen to think McCarthy ought to be Speaker. Look, he, Kevin has is, is put in the time and what they're demanding of him. To basically recall the speaker with a vote or two to vacate the chair is impossible for any speaker to, to to sign on to. And he did at least win the House. There is no excuse for McConnell because he keeps rubbing Republican conservatives' nose uh, in, in it all. As I mentioned earlier, it wasn't just the endless COVID bills. It was the Inflation Reduction Act, the infrastructure bill, the semiconductor bailout bill, now the omnibus bill. That's all he seems to do is rub their nose in it. The Respect for Marriage Bill, which codifies gay unions throughout the country no matter what the Supreme Court might do in the future. But all of this stuff is giving aid and comfort to Democrats. And at some point, you're going to have to hold them accountable. Maybe you primary them, maybe what. But it goes back to money, because Mitch has got all the money, and that's why everybody's afraid of him. And that's another problem that's got to be discussed. Now, the, the... Part of the challenge is getting rid of this censorious social media and getting rid of believing anyone in the mainstream media and going after the public health authorities for the lies they told or the sheer incompetence they told. It doesn't help when the Wall Street Journal decides to print an op-ed by Zeke Emanuel, one of the guys leading the charge on locking down the country and muzzling the country, and now he's in the Wall Street Journal? Wow. So we gotta we gotta give as good as we get, and that's half the battle, if not more of it. Um I don't know if it answers everything and there's no quick, easy fix, but it's it's hopefully getting there. Uh what was your other one? It was public health, and then what was the other point you wanted to make, Ransom?
8: Well, yeah, I was just gonna say that, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, and I am a man of faith, uh all authority comes from God, okay? And there's a scripture that says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the unrighteous are in authority, the people mourn. That's certainly what our country's doing, and I want to warn. I'm, just, I'm not a prophet or anybody like that, but I don't warn anyone in this country that has any sort of authority. That authority came from God himself, and when you stand with God, whether you know him or not, you will be accountable for that authority you were given and how you stewarded it.
2: So, ransom, it is the, it is the rationale, it is the rationale for the republic, what you just described. We get our rights from God, not from government. No man shall have to answer to another man. That is why we have self-government. And that is why honest elections are so important. It is the last safety valve of a republic that honors a higher authority. And so what you're saying is, is absolutely true. Um, look, all I would say is, It is always a balance between letting the perfect become the enemy of the good and, and, you know, falling on the sword. But my advice, take it for what it's worth. I was only there a short while, uh, is the Republicans in the House need to get something done. They need to get to the bottom of COVID. They need to get to the bottom of Hunter's laptop. They need to get to the bottom of the FBI. They need to get to the bottom of this and have results and real ramifications for these wrongdoers. They need to use power while they have it. And I think they can. I'm not so certain about Mr. McConnell. Susan in North Carolina, thanks for waiting. You're next up on the & Buck show with me, Jason Lewis. Hi.
5: Um, I just wanted I I believe that there are two factions to the Democratic Party. And that the one are the one are the far left Democrats and the others are most of the Republicans who are really Democrats. They they're all in it, it seems to me for the money. And so they don't want the they don't want the Democrats to lose anything. They act like they're Republicans, these Republicans, but they're not really, because they're afraid of losing their pocket full of money too. I my, what I think needs to happen, and you know you know more than I do, but I don't care if you're in office for two, for four, for six, eight years, whatever. There need to be term limits. If you can't get it done in one term, I might give you two. If you can't get it done in two terms, you need to be out. Because what we have coming on now are all these people running for office so they can get rich quick. That's the only, they don't have to care about the people at all. Yep. They care only about themselves.
2: Well, you're right and you're wrong. Well, let me, let me go where you're right, first of all. In my book, Party Animal, the last chapter, has a long section on term limits and the necessity for term limits. Where well, the founders called it rotation in office. Uh, if it's good enough for the president, it's certainly good enough for members of Congress. Now, I don't think it has to be one term. I think if you did three terms in the House and two in the Senate, um, you know, you'd have, what, 20 years. Well, if you had applied 20 years to the U.S. Senate, a whole lot of senators would be gone by now. So I agree with you on yeah. that. You, it, where he talks about getting rich, um, you, d- you really don't get rich. I can testify to that. Um, now, if you stay longer, your pension's going to be better. But I I was there just one term and it was the most productive term in a generation since Reagan's first term the first two years of Trump and I get zero pension. So and that's fine with me. I didn't go there for that. But you know not everybody goes there. Finally I would say there are good conservatives in the house and there are good conservatives a few in the Senate though they're vastly outnumbered. But there definitely to your point is a swamp. Is the go along to get along crowd that as I say looks at the next polls, what do I have to do to stay here? Once they land at Reagan, they look at that uh, that landscape and say, what do I have to do to be here 30 years? And that's the end of the game, isn't it?
5: It absolutely is. You know, I mean, and that's what is so frustrating because, you know, you think, oh, the Republicans have a chance now. Well, let's see what they can do. You've got, you know, Mitch McConnell, who's worthless. You've got a lot of them. I mean, you don't hear anything about that you know about most of the republicans you don't get you don't hear anything well let about, your frustration
2: let your frustration be a warning to the house republicans and to the senate uh, to the senate who may <laughs> whose members may face a primary sooner than they think let it be a warning that there's a whole lot of frustrated uh, americans out there susan thanks so much i'm jason Thank lewis you. in for buck and clay or is it clay and buck It really doesn't matter back with more when we return Hey, wrapping things up for a Thursday. I will be back tomorrow here on the Clay and Travis show, always <laughs> Clay and Travis Clay and Buck show. Uh, always great to be here and the guys are taking a couple of days off. Uh, they'll be back next week to get it going for the new year. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, 1-800-282-2882 the contact line as always for Clay and Buck. Right now, so patient in Ogden, Utah. Kelly, thanks for waiting. Hello, maybe she wasn't that patient or he wasn't that patient after Hello. all. Kelly, go ahead, my friend.
1: Hey, I'll try to make this quick. When you were talking about we had the threat of the coming ice age, and one of the things that they tried to say was a problem was the aerosol propellant in underarm deodorants and air fresheners. So um, that's been so effective at reducing those, and now we're heading toward global warming. We should bring those propellants back. (laughs) And I remember Saturday Night Live, back when it was funny and fun, they had these they did a skit where they had the six-foot-tall roll-on, so it looked like underarm roll-on, they were rubbing it on the walls in their house for air fresheners, making a complete parody of doing away with the propellants.
2: Well, there was but the I'm ozone layer, there was acid back. rain. There, there's always a catastrophe. because You know, Randolph Bourne was a World War One protester, and he wrote one of the most famous lines ever in protesting the Great War, which, to, to his credit, I should say, um... Uh, you know, he did foresee a a militarized century going forward, and that is what we got, notwithstanding a needed victory. But he said, war is the health of the state. And what he meant by that is, if you can scare a population, if you can terrify people, you can get them to conform to almost anything. So it really doesn't matter whether it's a war on poverty, a war on climate change, a war on COVID, or a war. Once you cower people... They will give up their liberty. And so everything is phrased in war terms now. And more importantly, there's a new bogeyman coming down the pike every other minute. So now it's, it's global cooling. Now it's global warming. And you're quite right. And nobody ever mentions solar activity uh with regard to the changes in the temperatures. But here's the here's the conundrum, not to debate whether it's happening. CO two emissions clearly have gone up. It's just the correlation between that and cataclysmic change has never been established. The the, the the catastrophes have never come to fruition from Al Gore or James Hansen or anybody. But the question is what do you do when your viewpoint can't see the light of day? What do you do when you're labeled a climate denier? when the mainstream media spike you in favor of some global warming advocate, when social media does it, what do you do in a country where half the people don't believe something and yet they're told they can't say it?
1: That's a puzzle because people will accept a truth if it already fits what they're thinking. If you bring I mean, them something that's against it, then they, like you say, it ends a discussion by calling you a denier.
2: That's right. And that's not a debate, of course. That's fascism. And and unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with. Um, Isaiah in Tennessee, just hang on for another uh, 21 hours, and we'll get you right up. (laughs) I'm Jason Lewis. So nice to be in for Clay and Buck today. We'll do it again tomorrow. Can't wait. In the meantime, uh, stay warm, and hopefully you're on your flight back to wherever you tried to get to a few days ago. Hang in there, my friends. Jason Lewis signing off tomorrow. Back here for Clay and Buck. Have a good one.
7: Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.